You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. So let's do this. Let's get our Bibles out. Let's get our Bibles out. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Boy, it's a good day, isn't it? Aren't you glad you got up this morning, got showered, came to church, got to hang out with the community, be in the presence of God. He speaks to you. How many of you, God's already begun to stir things up in you today? He's dealing with you some things. Can we just raise your hand? No, 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 raise your hand. Raise your hand real high. Everybody look around. See? He's real. (laughs) It's not just you. He's working on all of us. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Well, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9 through 13. And I want you, and I know you are terrible at this, but I want it's not very far away. But I also want you, if you can, to go to Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1 and 2. I know it's a struggle. We've been doing this for 14 years, and we are terrible at this. We trip over our own fingers. Romans chapter 12. Starting in verse 1 and 2. We're going to parallel these two things today. Let's pray before we jump into this. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is alive, that it's active, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide me, my family, my friends. It's able to divide us to our cores. The things that we have set up as truths in our lives, all of a sudden your word by the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and says, we need to talk about that. Father, I pray and I'm, I'm thankful already that you have already begun to speak to your people today. But Father, continue that. Our hearts are open to it. Our ears are receptive and our knees are weak when you ask us to change some things. Father, be glorified by everything that we do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. How many of you were here last week? You guys don't have one of those? Okay. I've got one of those. It's good. 25 years of that. Right? 25 years. That feels so good to say that. I love saying that, right? That's like a high five. Right? 25 years. Yes. We were talking, I've been with Sonia longer on earth than I've been without her. That's an amazing, I love that. I love saying that. I love that. My life has been more with you than it has been without you. It's just a good thing. It's just a good thing. But last week, how many of you were here last week? Raise your hands. How many of you are not here so we can judge you? I mean, it's not, I mean, we're not a perfect church, but give us something, right? Right? We prayed for your souls. We are, we're glad that God brought you back. So good. God is good. But we began something last week that seems so elementary, so simple, uh, such a simple topic that, like I said, if I would have stood at the door and had a checklist and said, "Do do you have a full understanding of this? And the topic is what? What were we talking about last week? Prayer. We would have all walked in this room and gone, yep, prayer, got it, check, let's move on, let's get to some of the, the harder things, the bigger things of God, right? And then all of a sudden we get into talking about Matthew chapter 6. And when Jesus says, okay, guys, if you're going to pray, remember right prior to this, right prior to this, and if you haven't seen it, go back and read it, right? Right before this, he says, this is what I don't want you to do when you pray. 
I, I don't want you to be like this. But we're not going to focus on what we're not supposed to do. I only want to focus on what he says to do. And last week we answered kind of a big deal question of what is the purpose of prayer? What's the number one purpose of prayer? Can somebody tell me? Anybody know? Huh? To do what? Communication. But what did we land on last week? Right? It is to do what? Position. That is right. Now, wait a second. Hold on. Because for some of you that might not have been here last week, you're like, yeah, that's right. My prayers position God into doing the things that I want God to do, right? Right, because God is that, that genie in the bottle that, that I just rub the bottle and I say, now I've commanded you because I'm confident and I can boldly become before you and I can tell you what I want. So now you position you where I need you. Right? No. In fact, we dealt with that. In fact, we dealt with that filter that sometimes we read those verses where it says that I can go, come boldly before the throne of God, that I can enter in, that sometimes that we've turned that verse into something more than what it should be. I can come boldly into His presence, but I am now in His presence, and me and Him are not equals. And so I don't address Him as if we are equals, Right? So I can come boldly and confidently that he will not dismiss me or smite me or, or whatever that word means. He won't kick me out of there. I can be confident in that, but I also have to know that me and him are not equals. We're not equals. So because of that, now the number one purpose of prayer, the number one purpose of prayer is positioning me into the right place that I should be, meaning it puts me in order. Does that make sense? What do I mean by order? It's simply this, and I don't want to get out a ladder, but it simply puts us in here, and when Jesus says, and we'll just pick up in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, it says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, we don't use that word very often. Anybody you around saying hallowed? Not me, I, I don't. Amazing, terrifying, unbelievable, uh, just unimaginable, uh, all, all powerful. Throw whatever adjective in there that you want. Hallowed be your name. Father, you are in heaven. You are great. Your name is above everything. And Jesus says, start praying like this. Meaning, meaning the first thing that has to happen is there has to come into play me coming into the right position and seeing him in his right position and me coming into my position, right? Because if that is out of order, follow me on this. If we are out of order, if we are not in the right position, then everything we pray from there on out will be filtered through a very self-centered, self-centric, self-serving way and it will be about me as, as if he is a servant to my needs. Are you following me on this? But right off the bat, he says, pray like this. See your Father who is in heaven and see yourself clearly in how this is ordered. You are under. He is creator. You are creation, right? Now, so we dealt with that last week, and we talked about it. We even got into some of the practicals of how that would affect it. And I'm not going to go through all those. If you haven't heard those, uh, you can listen to it on the podcast, and I encourage you to do that, okay? 
But I want to kind of pick it up today and, and answer this question. So if the number one purpose, if the number one thing of, of prayer, the number one purpose of prayer is to position us, then, then what's the purpose of positioning us? Meaning like, so then what's after that? He, he's not just trying to get us in line. Hey, snap two. Hey, get in order. Hey, hey, there's got to be a reason for that. And if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. The main purpose of prayer is to get us in the proper position. But the main purpose of positioning is to be ready to accomplish his purpose. Did that make sense to you? Let me say that one more time. The main purpose of him positioning us is for us to be ready to accomplish what? His purpose. See, it's amazing all of a sudden how when we have things in order, when all of a sudden we begin to see that uh, his plan and, 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 it's, and it's about him, then, then we understand that all of my prayers, even the stuff that we're going to talk about later on, that'll be next week, when we get into the kind of the dealings of presenting our needs and our petitions, all of it is done with the mindset of, I am in the right position, why? For your name's sake, for your will to be done, for you to be glorified. So the main reason that he is positioning us is so that we can be in the right position to do his purpose. And the reason I feel like most of us and people that have been in church for a long time that are still struggling with God, I, I don't know how God wants to use me or I, I don't feel God is using me. It is very possible that for a long time, other than that one moment in time where you said, Lord, forgive me. I repent of my sins. I want to follow you. From that moment, you've been out of position. It's possible. Do you realize because of bad doctrine and bad teaching and bad teaching of, of that you are the apple of God's eye and God is your genie and God will do whatever you ask him to do because it's all about you. What happens is, is we come to Christ knowing you are the great and I am lesser and so I need you. And then what happens is, is we shift out of that and we get out of that position and we go into the position of now going, okay, now I need some stuff from you. Come on now, I did that thing you asked me to do. Now step to it, buddy right? I need my prosperity. I need all this stuff. I've got some trinkets that I want. Come on, make this happen, right? All of a sudden, we are out of the wrong position. We are out of position, and we're wondering why we are not seeing the hand of God in our life. We are wondering why we don't feel led, because he will not lead somebody that is not in the right position. I mean, he will not use you if you are not in the right position to be used, because this is not monopoly, we don't get to just pass go because we rolled a lucky number. He is a God of order. And he's a good God that he won't, he won't let you as a child get out of order. Meaning he's not going to let you run down the road completely out of position, completely out of the way, uh, out of his will and go, you know, uh, oh, good luck out of there. No, he is a good God, a good father that says, I'm a God of order. And the order starts like this. If you want to see my hand in your life, if you, want me to, if you want to be a part of my plan, then be in the right position because I desire to use you. But I also love you enough to not do some things until you're in the right position because if I know I put those things on you now, they're going to beat you down. Are you following me on this so far? Okay. So, so let's jump into this. Because this prayer that we've always prayed and this prayer that we've seen Jesus say, we... Right off the bat, we understood that the beginning of this passage was much heavier than what we expected. God, our Father, and is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
But then all of a sudden we get into verse 10. And I want you to look at verse 10. Because Jesus says something very interesting here that most of us kind of glaze over. We kind of pray this and then move on to verse 11, right? How many of you, your prayers tend to focus around verse 11? Give us this day our daily bread. God, I need to talk to you about my daily bread. Right? I mean, we know that it says your kingdom come, your will be done on heaven as it is on earth. Right? We know all that stuff. But, 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 but Father, I, let's get to the stuff that I need. Let's get to that stuff. But Jesus, being a God of order, is saying, listen, do this in the right way. You have now positioned yourself. You are seeing God as, as who he is. That's good. But now this is the next part of that. This is the next way you pray. Before we ever get to you putting any request in, this should be your heart. And he says this, and let's just read this starting in verse 9. This that is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Everybody underline that. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Those are two different things. Where? On earth. Where does that mean? Everybody look around. Look down under your feet. There, right there on earth as it's what? As it is in heaven. And then all of a sudden he moves into that. Now, I want to focus on this. Go to Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1 and 2. And I want you to see that there is some parallels in this. This is one of those passages that we always talk about. Romans chapter 12, it's one of those kind of felt board passages. We put it on coffee mugs. It's on bumper stickers, right? And it says this, Paul would write this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship. Verse 2 says this, and it's going to sound very, very similar to verse 10. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. And Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 6, your kingdom come. And then right after that, Paul would say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then Jesus would say, but your will be done. Now let's kind of dig this out because I want to kind of break this down. And, and there are some steak dinners in here. And too many steak dinners for one day to be honest with you. And so I'm going to do my best to kind of grab this and pare it down so that we understand it. Is that fair? Okay. So let's talk about this. Remember, Jesus is no waster of words, right? He was not writing haikus. He was not writing Hallmark letters. He wasn't just like, you know what? This sounds good. Say this. He just, think about this. He just got done telling the disciples, those guys that babble on, don't be like this. So if that's the case, he is now giving, that means that whatever he is about to say, the concise words, they are important. You follow me on this? And he says these words. He says, this is our prayer now. God, I know that you are the creator and I am the created. And so my first prayer, my first request is going to be this. Father, I want your kingdom to come. Well, that just sounds good, right? That sounds like a churchy thing to say. Your kingdom come. Well, what does that mean? Well, we could spend the next five weeks talking about the kingdom of God and, and his kingdom and what that looks like. But to break it down very simply, it simply means this. God, your kingdom, your rule, meaning, meaning your structure, 
your way of doing things, the way you set things up, your kingdom come. Meaning, I want, I, me, the created, speaking to the creator, Father, I want to see your establishment be established where? Here. And not just here, but in earth. So not only are we praying, not only are we praying for this for ourselves, but we are praying that God's way, God's purposes, God's plan, God's way of ruling, God's authority come here. We want to see that here. Let me just tell you something. That's a terrifying prayer. Because when all of a sudden you make that personal, what you are saying is this. Follow me on this. I have now properly positioned myself. God, you are the creator. God, I'm the created. And I desire, listen to me, I desire your way, your rule to be set up in my life. Meaning I am submitting myself to the way you govern things. You follow me on that? Guys, that, that's a lot deeper than just let's get on to the provisions of the day and let's talk about some bread. That's saying, God, I, well, I want how you, how you run things. I want to submit to that. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've said that a lot. My life is not lined up with that. In fact, in fact, my prayer sounds like this. Oh, Father, your kingdom come. And what I'm really saying is this. Oh, Father, bless my kingdom. Right? Because, man, I've got a good one going here. The only time we go to God and talk about kingdoms, most of us talk about God's talk about talk to God concerning our kingdom like this. God, bless the great thing that I've built. God, I've got a great family. I've got a great job. I've got a great life. I've got good friends. God, bless this kingdom. Uh, you just bless it, Father. Or we go to God and go this. My kingdom is falling apart. Everything is failing. Everything is falling apart. My kids are crazy. My job's a joke, right? I'm a, I'm a country song, right? Right? Everything. My dog's left. My truck's broke down. God, I need you to reestablish What? My kingdom. Are you following me on this? See, the thing is, is if I am not in proper position, then I will filter even praying what I'm talking about when I'm asking His kingdom come. And my reality is I'm praying, God, make my kingdom better. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said to pray His kingdom come. Man, if I'm out of position... I will fight that. Because I have to be honest with you. There are some things that I do not think are fair with how he runs his kingdom. <gasps> how dare you? Yeah, because in his kingdom, he tells me that I have to forgive people that don't deserve to be forgiven. That's one of the rules of the kingdom, right? I have to serve people that maybe I, I don't feel are worthy of my service. I have to love people that I don't feel like they should love me first. But yet, I, yet I've just prayed, Father, your kingdom come, meaning you, how you rule things. I, I'm submitting to that. I want to see that 
be established in my life, and I'm submitting whether I like them or not. And, and in fact, you know what? Let's not even get into whether I like them or not because I already realize that I'm the created and you're the creator. And so I can pray because I really don't have a say in this because you get to define the kingdom. And I'm just, I'm just here in this. I'm by here by the grace of God, by your grace. And so you know what? However you want to run your kingdom, I submit to that. Even when I look around and go, does anybody else see this? Nobody else is forgiving that guy. Nobody else is being nice to that person. Nobody else is loving them. But yet I have to. Come on. But you know what? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Are you seeing there's a little bit more weight here? Now, now let's look at this. Because in Romans it says this, don't conform to the patterns of this world. This is Paul just picking up on what Jesus was saying. This is how we pray. He's saying, like, like in a believer's life, in a believer's life, there are two patterns that you can conform to. Only two. I know everybody wants to say that there's millions of them. No, there are only two. There are the patterns of the kingdom of God and the patterns of the world. That's it. I don't care what you label it. And then Paul is saying, listen, don't conform to the patterns of the world. Well, what does that mean? That I better know what the patterns of the kingdom are. Because I'm praying, God, let your kingdom come. So I better know those patterns. You see how there's a parallel here. Now, now let's move forward from this. The second thing he says this, your will be done. Again, way too many steak dinners in this. Way too many steak dinners in this to cover this one thing. But there are two parts of this when we pray this prayer. Father, I, I want to see your will be done. Well, what does that mean, his will be done? Father, we want to see your will be done. Well, we can talk about the sovereign will of God, meaning the will of God that will not be stopped, cannot be stopped, will continually go on, and to move forward, whether I agree with it or not. And I have to be honest with you, there are things... Sometimes when we pray, oh God, yes, I believe you are sovereign. God, I believe that, 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 that your work, everything that you're doing is going to work for my benefit. But I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us have come across bumps in the road when we deal with the sovereignty of God and we don't like it. We only want the sovereignty of God when it fits us. When it benefits us. God, I, God, I want your sovereign will to be done, but make sure I win all the time. Make sure that I'm on the winning side of every life experience because you love me. The problem is, is the reason why he says to pray your will be done, that is the creation coming in line going, Father, I know your will will be done. And if it is by your hand, and if you are the creator and I'm the creation, then God, I desire that because you will be glorified by your sovereign will being done. Are you following me on this? Some of you don't check out on this. This is deeper. I'm trying to give us some tools here. I'm trying to give us some tools. But then the second part of that is this. So not only now am I praying God's sovereign will be done, I want that to happen. I, I'm not fighting against it. God, I, 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 I'm down for whatever you want to use my life for, whatever that looks like, whatever I don't see coming. If it isn't your will, God, be glorified by my life. There's no way I pray that prayer well or in that right position if I'm out of position from the beginning. Are you following me on this? There's no way. There's no way. Oh, but isn't his will to always, 
always just take care of us and, and bless us. And well, well, you know what? I, I read this, I was just reading this morning actually in Acts. And you know that guy Stephen? Remember the guy Stephen in the early book of Acts? Right then? You know what I mean? He gets up and the Spirit of God was on him and he just goes and, and goes off on the Pharisees. And what happens to him? God gives him a church and some tape series and now he's on the teaching circuit and he's got a plane and it's great. You know what they do to him? They stone him. And that's not a good thing for those playing along at home. Okay? They stone him. He dies. Sovereign will of God. God sees that coming. Does not stop it. Doesn't stop it. Sees it coming. But you know what happens right after that? The church explodes. The church is scattered and everywhere it goes. Everywhere it goes, it grows. And they're persecuted. But the persecution turns to growth. And you would say, oh God, I ain't praying that. No, God, your will be done. God, if I have to be poured out like a drink offering for your will and your church and your plan to go forward, my, re my reward isn't here. My reward is with you. So there's nothing I can gain or nothing I can lose in this body. Are you following me on this? It's a big, heavy deal, guys. But then it says this, but your will be done. So we know about God's sovereign will, but now let's bring it into, God, your will be done in my life. Like I am submitting to the fact that I want to do, I want your will to be evident in my life. And I know most of us have spent the last 20 years just, you know, looking and, and you, you just get that squinched up face like something smells. Oh, I'm just, I'm just waiting to know what the will of God is. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just praying. It's been 30 years. He's been kind of hide. He's hiding behind the clouds. I'm waiting to know what his will is. God is not hidden. He is not confusing. He has made it clear what his will is, and I will prove it to you. I want you to go with me right now. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 10. Oh, man, I just want to know what the will of God is. You came to the right place today. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 10, says this. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know what God's will is for you as a believer? To reveal himself through you to the world around you. Oh, I'm just... I just don't know if he wants to use me. I don't know how he wants to use me. He wants to reveal his plan, meaning his structure, how he shaped his kingdom in the church age. And the church age is now, meaning you and I are a part of it. And because of that, his will is to use crew, to use Tanya, to use Sonia, to use Ryan, to use Dan, and to reveal himself through us. Follow me on that? Oh, I just don't know. Pastor Chris, I'm just searching, man. I don't know what he wants to do with me. He wants to reveal himself to those around you through you. But you need to be in proper position to even be praying that and wanting to see that in your life so that he can do his will. Follow me on that. Oh, Pastor Chris, is that it? Is that all he wants to do? Oh, no, no, no. No, there are more. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And I'll be honest with you. If you've gone to church here at Freedom for longer than five years and you don't have this underline or start, either Ephesians chapter 3 or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 
I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to judge you, but seriously, underline it, please. Underline it, stamp it, whatever you got to do. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the new creation has come. The old is gone. There, uh, the new is here. Verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, gave us and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Oh, Pastor Chris, I just don't know what he wants to do with mine my life. I, I don't know. Well, he wants to reveal himself through you to the world around you. And, and not only that, uh, but I'm just waiting to be called. I'm just waiting to, you know, to get my ministry and maybe I'll get a stage or maybe I'll get a microphone. No, no. He's already given you. His will is for you to take up the mantle of the ministry that he's already given you, which is the ministry of reconciliation, meaning this. Meaning, if, I, if crew is not with God, if crew is far off, then my ministry is to reconcile through the manifest wisdom of God, telling him about God, and reconciling him back to the God who loves him. That's my calling. That's my ministry. I don't have to wait for that. I don't have to be given permission to do that. God, your will be done. That's your will. What else? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Julie, I could see, I could see it in your eyes. Tell me more. Give me another thing that's his will. Oh, I, I'm glad. First Peter chapter one, starting in verse 13. I love this. Therefore, with the minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in his coming. Verse 14, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just who has called you as holy, so you be holy in all you do. Boy, what is the will of God for my life? Oh, Father, let your will be done. Okay, well, my will for you is for you to be holy like I am holy. Yeah, 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 but I mean, what else? What, what else? Let's get past that. No, 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 my will is for you to be holy. My will is for you to be holy. Well, what does that mean? Well, he goes through the entire Bible and shows what the pattern I mean, Jesus gives us the pattern of what it looks like to walk in holiness. He clearly points out what is, what is of death and what is of life and says walk in life. And the reason we don't want to deal with those things in our life is because we're not in the proper position, not because we don't know how to pray, not because we don't know. It's because we're in the wrong position because we don't even start our prayer from the right position of, of God, whatever you say goes. Because if I start there, when I get into asking him and praying that prayer, let your will be done, and he says things like, I need you to be holy, then we go, you know what? Okay. I'm going to lay that thing down. That's not of you. I'm going to stop letting that come into my eyes. I'm going to stop letting that come through my ears. I'm going to let, stop letting that come through my mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are actionable things. This isn't just some, some way of thinking or like, oh, I'm, I'm holy now. No, no, no. Holiness equals actions. There are actions to holiness. And he says, be holy how I am holy. So he gives us the pattern there. Uh, and I'll give you one last one. Give you one last one because I think it relates to today. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Start, let's just start at 24. No, 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 let's start at 23. No, no, let's start in verse 22. No, because I just kept looking at it. It just kept getting better. 
Like, I'm just, I can't, can't get away from it. It says this in verse 22. Flee the evil desires of your, your youth. And, for, and some of you are like, I'm in my youth. No, you're 60, all right? We're not talking about that anymore, all right? Flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Meaning, there's that action. Father, I want your will to be done. Okay, be holy. Pursue these things, not the evil desires of your, of your youth and of your flesh, right? Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Let me just, I'm just going to pause and let that one just sink over us just for a moment. Oh, Lord. Let that just, can, can we just let that permeate on us just for a second? He says that his will for those that follow him is to not have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant, verse 24, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. I'm going to have to delete my Facebook account. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed and in the hope of God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has, the, has taken them captive to do what? His will. So in the process of me being holy that God said to be holy, I am doing it for the sole purpose to rescue those that have been taken and are controlled by a different will. But first, the believer has to be under the will of the one that's leading him. Are you following me on this? Well, man, I, I just don't seem to be able to reach my community. Stop being quarrelsome. Stop getting into fights that lead to nothing. Love people. Well, what about those people that are just wrong? Right? They need to be told that they're wrong. Right? That's my job. No, it's not. Your job is to be to be easy with them. Why? For the, because you're, the will of God is to reveal Himself through you in the ministry of reconciliation. So if you are quarrelsome with them, if you get into stupid arguments with them, just to be right, not to gain a soul, but just to be right, then I will miss out on maybe them coming out from under the will that does control them and getting under the will that controls me. You follow me on this? Guys, this is deeper than just, okay, God, you're in heaven. You know, hallowed be your name, whatever that means. Kingdom come, yep, will be done. And let's make it happen here. And now let's get to the stuff that I need. Guys, this is a positioning of ourselves. And I'm going to just close with this. So now, how do we make this practical? How do we make this practical? How do we see this? And what's the point of all this? I, I want you to go to Isaiah with me. I know this is a lot today, meaning I know that we're jumping around, but I, we, need to, we need to break this stuff down sometimes, right? My job here is to not make you laugh, cry, smile, giggle, run around. I, I don't care about that. My job is to present the Word of God so that we are matured up in our prayer life, especially in this time, in this day. If we are not mature believers praying maturely, we will be swept to and fro by everything that comes. And he's trying to give us some solid ground. It says this in Isaiah chapter 6. I, I want to see, see God use me. I want to see God do what he wants to do in my life. And I love this in Isaiah. Where Isaiah in verse, our chapter 6 verse 8 says this. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who and who will go for us? And Isaiah responds to him, what? Here am I. 
send me. Let me just tell you something. Saying, here am I, send me, being out of position produces nothing. You follow me on that? Let me say that one more time because my wife just told me to. Saying the words, here am I, Lord, send me, yet I haven't positioned myself in the right way of seeing him as God and me as the creation. And God, I want your will to be done. I'm not positioned there. You will not see it take place. Are you following me on this? So, so we, can, we can sing it. We can shout it. Oh, God, I want you to use me. Here am I. And he's like, you, you don't even want my structure in your life. You don't want my kingdom established in your life. You rebuke my rules for your life. I, I try to show you my will, and you turn it around. And yet I'm supposed to use you in that. Come on. I love you too much. I love you too much. Let's get this right first before we move into this. Jesus was not lost for words when he started the prayer like this. Jesus was not confused by starting this direction. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he was saying, if you are going to follow after me, you are going to have to be in right position because what is going to come it's going to test your thoughts. It's going to test your want-tos. It's going to test how you want to do this. But I promise you, if you are in right position and you are wanting His kingdom to come and His plans to be established in me and His will to be done in my life, I promise no matter what comes and no matter what I require of you, no matter what I've asked you to do, it's going to be all right. Because I'm going to be glorified. And that's the point. Did you hear what I said today? Does this help anybody? Guys, he wants to mature us up. He desires to look and to find those that want to be used. <laughs> but let's be found in the right position. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Father, it is an honor and a privilege to even be considered to be a part of your plan. It is. Father, the fact that you would use and desire to use broken men and women to do your will, it is an honor and a privilege. Father, my prayer for us is that you mature us up. Father, I pray as, as we go forward through this week and we begin, begin to pray and open up our mouths. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit is there kindly convicting us and going, wait a second, things are out of order. Don't jump ahead. Let's get lined up first. Let's get lined up first. Father, because of that, you could use this church. Father, if that is our prayer and that is our commitment, you can use this church, you can use this people to do your will, which is to have that ministry of reconciliation and to lead those around us back to you. Father, we thank you for it. We honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, stand to your feet. Come on, you beautiful people, you. This help anybody today? Huh? Four people. Good. We're still doing a good work. As long as it's over four, right? If it's under four, we lock the doors. We just shut it down, right? Guys, listen, I love you guys. I want you to have an awesome, awesome week. Love somebody on your way out. Make sure that they know that you were happy that you got to be with them. 
Have an awesome rest of your week, Freedom Church. All right? Thanks for joining. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.